Hey, Austin, what can we help you with? Well, um, when I was a little kid growing up in upstate New York, I was sitting there at the table eating my breakfast cereal, and I'm looking at the cereal boxes, and I noticed that on pretty much all of them, they have some kind of picture of, like, the cereal splashing out of the bowl or splashing out of the spoon, and the milk is kind of splashing really dramatically. And I remember asking my dad about how they took the pictures, and he said, well, that's not real milk, it's just glue. And so the question that I had is, do they really just take pictures of glue splashing? (laughs) What exactly happens there? Yeah. You know, I'd always heard that about milk photographs, too, that they used Elmer's glue, which once you know that, it it does make the photograph a lot less appetizing. Yeah, I I would agree. (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to look into this for you, Austin. That sounds like an awesome thing to do. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. Terry Campbell is a food photographer. He has done serial photo shoots. He's also written the book Food Photography and Lighting. So, Terry, do food photographers use glue instead of milk? Uh, no. Well, it, yeah, it, it can be. I mean, I'm sure that's been done in the past. It's not always the case. Um, we typically use a different product that has similar consistency. It's, it's um, wild root hair tonic, which basically just gives us more time to work with the product. So did you milk s- would... Did you say hair tonic? Yeah. <laughs> it's um it has a better color than maybe a glue might have. A glue would tend to be a little blue and fluoresce. Yeah. The hair tonic t- tends to have a better color to it. And th- the issue is when you pour milk into a bowl, you know, the cereal acts as a wick and starts to pull it right up into it and starts to make the flake lose its shape and, and the, the defining line of the milk against the flake is not very good after a few minutes. So by using something else, we're able to let it sit a little bit longer while we make the corrections and do things on set. So when you take that hair tonic, do you just pour that into the cereal like you would milk? Yeah, exactly. Just pour it right on the top. And you might have something underneath to kind of hold the flakes a little bit in place or whatever cereal you're using. You might do something because the, the liquid level would start to rise everything up, too. So by kind of placing them in maybe instant mashed potatoes or some surface in the bottom of the bowl, you can kind of get everything where you want it, and then you're just adding a very thin layer of the wild root on top, you know, like maybe just an eighth of an inch. So, so just to break it down, you have a bowl... With the bottom of which has a base of instant mashed potatoes that you've stuck the flakes of cereal into, and then you're pl- pouring hair tonic on top of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. It doesn't sound very good, does it? You know, I think about a, a bowl of, of cereal, and there's a lot of variation flake to flake. Do you, do you choose the, f- the, the sort of model flakes you're going to use when you're arranging that bowl? Yeah, yeah, if you're sorting through tons and tons of boxes, finding perfect flakes. So, like, how many boxes to get one bowl for a photograph? Um, We usually say, you know, 10 times the amount of product we're going to shoot is what we need. So, if, you know, uh, in this case, I might get, like, 10 boxes of of flakes, you know, and sort through them that way. Wow. If we're shooting flakes or if we're shooting, you know, whatever the cereal is. So, when you do these still shots and you have the cereal person there... Are, there, are they ever looking at, like, a bowl of, yeah, I don't know, frosted mini-wheats, and they're like, you know what, you got to arrange the mini-wheats differently. They're, they're clustered too much or anything yeah. like that? 
Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. You know, over here looks different than the rest of it, so let's kind of break these up a little more. Let's add something else here. Maybe they prefer the flakes to look lighter, and they like the fresh fruit, or they want it to look very bright and airy because that's the brand. You know, that particular brand is very light and healthy, or that particular brand is, you know, more their mood is more heavy and dark and heavier shadows or something like that. Wow. I I mean, I guess you think about it all the time, but it's funny to think about mood in, you know, a bowl of cereal. Wait, is there a dark cereal or a cereal with a dark mood? <laughs> a brooding cereal? Well, there might. There's, I just probably have to look and, and review the packaging, but I'm, I'm sure there's something out there that's, you know, a little brighter and airier, and even in the use of surfaces, the bowls and the backgrounds are very light and bright, and maybe there's other ones that are heavier, more earth tones, maybe something that's organic, you know, has a little bit darker feel to it or a little bit more natural surfaces, that kind of thing. Well, Terry, thank you so much. No problem, man. Thank you. It is weird to think about a dark cereal ad. We should make one. The human soul hungers for belonging. And for the sweet, nutritious taste of frosted mini-wheats. I'm so cold. Have an emptiness that cannot be filled. Who's crying? Let frosted mini-wheats tumble into that void. Knives. The wheat side is nutritious. The dead walk among us. Check out NPR's podcast, Bullseye, with Jesse Thorne. It's your guide to what's good in pop culture. Uh, Every week, Jesse Thorne interviews musicians, writers, filmmakers, comedians, and other creators about their creative work and lives. Find your new favorite TV shows, books, movies, and music, and gain new insights into the things you already love. Find Bullseye now at iTunes under podcasts. By the way, Bullseye in the UK was a 1980s TV show about darts. So last week we asked uh, if you wanted to help us make a Super Bowl recipe. Uh, We're so thankful. Many of you uh, got back to us. We couldn't actually get everyone involved. There were so many calls and messages, so thank you all for responding to that. So what we're doing is making a Super Bowl dip. And uh, I don't know if you've heard of an exquisite corpse, but... uh, It's basically like that. You can look it up. Uh, We have 20 people, 20 of you, helping us make a dip. But everyone only knows the layer before them. It's sort of like telephone, only even more complicated. And and, uh, we should say, listen how quickly uh, this goes from being a delicious-sounding dip to uh, a complete culinary nightmare. Hi, how are you? Hi, who's this? This is Patty. Hey, Patty. How's it going? Doing good. How are you? Good. So this is Mike. Ian's here. Hey there. You are (laughs) the first layer of this dip. Oh, wow. You know, take a moment, think about it, and pick the first layer of our our dip. All right. Well, it's... Hmm. Don't want it to be too weird, so I think we're just going to have to go with shredded chicken. Shredded chicken. That sounds great. Yep. Hello, Sharpsichord? Hello, how you doing? Hey, what's happening? Oh, not a whole lot. Just working from home today. Okay, so so the layer you're building on is shredded chicken. Shredded chicken. How about jalapenos? Oh. Cream cheese. The layer that the person has suggested before you was cream cheese, and I'm wondering what you think would go well with cream cheese. Grape jelly. Nice. Oh, my gosh. I, I got to go with peanut butter. Oh my Extra gosh. chunky. A 
suggest a layer, okay, based on what's underneath me. Exactly. I think the store-bought liquid marshmallow oh would God. be a wonderful topping over the top of that. Is it? Is it the one called Fluff? Or is that a different yeah, one? Yeah, Fluff. There you go. Amazing. Marshmallow Fluff. <gasps> wow. Graham crackers, I guess. <gasps> I would say above the graham crackers, maybe we could mix some uh, pretzels and chocolate. Crushed pretzels and chocolate. The layer before you I hate yours. to do this, but uh, we, we really want to taste this thing. So we are going to speed through the many remaining ingredients. Yeah, listen, listen closely and you can still pick out what people are saying uh, so you can make this at home. Okay, so now the dip is assembled. We're going to try it in a second. But we first, we, before we do that, we want to turn to Dan Pashman of the Sporkful podcast. We all know your chips can break in a thick dip like this one. Dan has a tip for uh, keeping your chip together. I, I do think that you know people are going to ask about the scoop chip. And um, one technique that, that I've identified um, is, is that actually like that Tostito scoop, the one that's like a bowl, um, it's, it's kind of fragile when used the way it's intended, but if you flip it, flip it upside down and put it on your fingertip like a thimble, then it becomes a dome, which is like the strongest shape in all of engineering. And you can run that thing through cream cheese and it won't break. So you're saying put it, put it on your finger and then you're actually getting the dip on the convex side. That's right. That's right. Think of it like a thimble, like an edible thimble. Have you ever put five of them on all five fingers and run it through a dip? <laughs> um, I'll be back in 30 seconds. <laughs> I have not, and that's a fantastic idea. Well, thanks, Dan. Thank you. I'm so excited to hear how this dip turns out. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> okay, so uh, it's time to test the dip. We're going to bring in our resident tester, Peter Sagel. Peter, how are you doing? Always a pleasure to be back with you guys. Should we, I think, explain what this is? That would be different. Well, you can see what's in front of you. What what I see is I see a baking dish with what is clearly a, a layered thing. It's, I would say, oh, it looks like seven-layer dip, except the top layer seems to be spetzel, which is a kind of German dumpling. Yes. Which I don't normally see. That's well, let's what do I'm it. Seeing. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, it's kind of heavy. Cheers, everybody. <laughs> that is really awful. <laughs> so... <laughs> So <laughs> horrifically bad. Can I say, I've known you for, I think, six years. Yes. I've never seen the features of your face get so close together. Oh, yeah, I really feel like... You're centralized. I feel, I feel like it all, they all shrunk into a little mass. That was so awful. Really? What there flavors was, are jumping out at you? There's... <coughs> what the... <laughs> there's something sweet in there, like a cookie, yeah. or, or something crunchy and sweet. Yep which tastes so awful with the salty, spicy stuff um, <laughs> that I, I haven't felt that out of sorts and panicky since, I, since the last time I thought I was drowning. It's like this really <laughs> intense terror. That's just wrong. You know what, you know what that was? Oh, God, what? There, there's, a, there's a moment when it goes from kind of sweet to savory, and it is not a smooth transition. No. It's chocolate-covered pretzels to hot sauce. Oh, God. It's like that scene in Jaws where they cut open the stomach of the shark and all that stuff comes out like, oh, look, it's a fish. Yeah. It's, it's a license plate. He had eclectic tastes, that shark. He ate some marshmallow fluff he and did. graham crackers and yeah. jalapenos. And now it's all here together. 
Well, certainly Richard Dreyfuss would not go yum and take a bite, which sort of we just did. We didn't have any chips. No. All right. Well, there you go. Thanks, Peter. Th- oh, thank you, guys. That truly, yeah, every time you outdo yourself. That was really great. Well, that does it for this week's show. What would you learn, Ian? I learned that, that when you see a photograph of cereal, that's hair tonic on the cereal. Yeah, I think that's what I learned is that I'm not quite sure I understood what hair tonic is. Yeah. It does make you think that maybe if your hair isn't as lustrous as you want it to be, and all you have is 2% milk, you just take a milk bath. Do you think that Terry ever, in a pinch, will just, you know, stick two fingers in that cereal shot and just poof up his hair a little bit? Terry, you you have um, pink horseshoes and yellow moons in your hair. How to Do Everything is produced by Jillian Donovan with technical direction from Lorna White. Our intern this week is Jeanette Harris-Courts. Our first hyphenated intern. Well, what about Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Miss you, JTT. Get us your questions at howto at npr.org. We would like to thank everyone who participated in our Super Bowl dip. Patty, Cade, Eve, Mike, Ben, Walter, Dan, and Frank. Britt, Benjamin, Cliff, Christina, Zach, Allison, Dr. Rob, Josh, Patry, Julio, Raina, Andy, and Rachel. And so many of you uh, got in a little bit after we started, and we're sorry we couldn't get to your layers, but uh, we do gross stuff all the time, so we'll call you. Yeah, and feel free to add your own gross layer to the gross layers that we've already told you about. Our website is howtodoeverything.org. I'm Ian. And I'm Mike. Thanks. Thanks. Okay. You see, it looks savory at this point, so it looks kind of okay. You're yeah. like, yeah, how bad can it be? I don't know. Like, at this point, it's fine. Oh, no. <laughs> There's a pretzel. <laughs>